What's up everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Emily Bundaloo. She's a successful businesswoman who's run multiple businesses over the last 12 years with her husband. Uh, she now works as a women's empowerment coach and yeah, we sat down, we talked into a bit around her story, a bit around uh, stepping into coaching, defining values and finding your passion and purpose. Uh, we talked about spirituality, um, around seeking coaches and mentors and building win- a winning team. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. And we're live. So welcome to the Breezy Living Podcast. I'm sitting down with Emily Bundaloo. Bundaloo, that's it. Um, so I met Emily last year at uh, Extreme Leadership with Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos and her husband as well, Dave, who's in the next room. And I think it's we just really us. clicked. <laughs> we really clicked at that workshop though, um, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. And it was a big room, so... I don't know, there's just something there. Yeah, and now that um, I've moved up to the Sunshine Coast, I thought it would be cool if we could sit down and have a chat. Um, so just to sort of introduce yourself to the listeners, who were you and what um, do you do and had you done up to that point of extreme um, and maybe what sort of the accomplishments in life you're most proud of today? Ooh, I'm going to start with the last one. Um my proudest accomplishments in life are my two boys. So we've got two sons, Eddie and Louis. Um, Eddie's just turned nine and Louis's due to turn seven soon. And they're just such a, looking at them, I just feel proud of myself as a woman. I'm probably um, one of the rare mums that doesn't often feel mother's guilt. Um, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like you've gotten through some really tough times and like the boys are happy and healthy and they're really good kids. And I think that's what keeps me motivated and that's what makes me feel really proud. Um, That's beautiful to hear. Other things that I feel just getting through, just getting through um, moments in life that at times feel insurmountable and then looking back on them and being like, oh, I did it like I got I got Mm. through that moment and I'm still fine and I'm still okay and I'm still me and I think you know when you're in the trenches of life sometimes you just you know it's it's a pretty it can be a pretty dark place and I think looking back on some things that challenging times and coming through those that that feels pretty pretty great and I'm also really grateful for those moments because I don't think I'd be the woman I am today without having experienced or have experienced. So that's yeah. definitely it. Um, what got me to going to, so the bridge experience and then extreme um, was we met Preston and Alexi the year before. They'd come up to the Sunshine Coast. Blaze Grinner and Melinda Bingley had invited them up to do a talk up here. And I'd already already been following them on socials on YouTube and um, Instagram and just really was inspired by their work but I was it more Lexi or more Preston for you um it was both like I don't think one had one over the other but I did definitely have and like this is like totally swung the other way now after being able to have some time with them and really meet them as people um up until that night, I was like, oh, they're just Americans that, you know, are really good at like talking the talk. And then I met them that night and I walked away from that evening. So this is going back two years ago now. I walked away from that evening and I was like, holy hell, like these guys walk their talk. Yeah. Like they're not just great on like a motivational video on YouTube. Like these guys are the real deal and they walk their talk. And I said to Dave that night, I said, I'm going to be in the, in the bridge experience because it was happening at the time that they were up here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, so I knew that I'd missed out sort of for that year. Yeah. Um, and I said to Dave, I'm going to be in that room next year. And it was just like done deal for me already. And I said to him a few months prior to like the bridge and when I was sort of ready to book the tickets, I said, oh, I'm going to go to this event. I'm like, do you want to come with me? He's like, yeah, okay. Like... <laughs> 
he didn't have a clue what he was walking into and we were talking about it just yesterday and I said if you knew what it was about do you think you would have signed up for it he's like hell no like he's like that wasn't my thing but and I said well are you glad that you did it and he's like it's like it's literally transformed our lives so just um and that's that's something that happens to majority of people that yeah, gets in those rooms definitely and it's, transform my life it's as like well. pre-extreme m and post-extreme <laughs> yeah. m um and it's i mean within such a short amount of time we met each other on such a deep level and mm. understanding and appreciation and I'm, i don't know i don't think i think if we were just to pass each other in the street you'd never know, like, I'd never know. I've, I'm sure I probably know you on a more intimate level than some other people in your circle that might have known you for a lot longer. Um, but it just takes you to a place that really, it gives you the opportunity to see yourself in the truest light and then others in the truest light as well. And I think, you know, it enables yeah. that connection on such a deep level. So, And it definitely is one of those things that helps people to start to sort of realise their full potential as well. And because when you're in a room like that, showing your true self, and then people see you, see you in your truth, and they sort of hold you to that level after it as well, because what came out of that for me was an awesome tribe of us down in Melbourne who, you know, still meet up regularly, yeah. and and like uh, everyone that I've met from there since I've moved up these ways is more than. Uh, more than happy to sort of welcome me in and and um it's a given isn't it yeah yeah it's like that shared experience and i sort of um relate it to like when you go to uh, when you're young and go to a music festival with your friends and you're sort of experimenting with drugs for the first time you have that (laughs) like shared experience and it sort of puts you on that level of friendship yeah and i think this is such an extreme experience that like it puts you on such a deep level of connection with these people um, just that, minus the drugs. That it's your new, yeah, minus the drugs. <laughs> I think like, Preston always jokes about putting LSD in our water. Like, and it's just like, I'm like, it, it would be like, maybe actually, it like, like, sign me up for that. <laughs> That'd be a whole nother experience. But yeah, so, it does. So coming full circle from last year being a participant in Extreme and this year you've been a guardian to the bridge and it going to be extreme this weekend um what's that journey been like and how does it feel going from the student into more of a teacher or guardian role yeah so um this time last year when I was in like in going into bridge and extreme um we previously like so we've just sold it um a couple of weeks ago we're three weeks three weeks out from selling it um we owned a cafe here on the Sunshine Coast um, and was just in the thick of that and um, didn't at the time feel like there was any option to get out of that anytime soon. Um, I was coaching on the side but didn't really tell anybody about it. It was very much hidden and I'd sort of only ever tell people about my coaching if I knew that it was like a trusted place to say that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I can tell them about me coaching if I'm like not, not going to be laughed at or it's going to be received well. Mm. Um, what sort of coaching do you do? So I do women's empowerment coaching and I've definitely like um, slimmed it down. At first when I was coaching, I was like, I'll just coach everybody. And then now it's definitely, um, I found myself in a real niche of, um, working predominantly with women. I love working with men as well, but I've just found myself that, um, as, like the last year, it's totally put me in a place where I feel like I can best serve women. Yeah. Um, I love working with women that are either business owners or um, I just, or even have a project or are part of a team that's working on a bigger project. So they've got like ideas and. Um, bigger goals and a bigger vision for their life, but they're just not sure how to get there or they don't have the confidence to really step out and, and go after it. Um, so yeah, like I, I empower women to live a fulfilling life. That's basically it. Um, and since selling the cafe, you doing this in yeah, more so full time? Yeah, so this is my full time gig. This is, and it sounds, it seems 
so strange to even speak that aloud because yeah. a year ago it just felt like your pipe dream yeah. and I think for me going into that room going into bridge and going into extreme I also remember coming home from extreme and saying to Dave Dave here's a lot of ideas for me <laughs> like I'm like I love ideas but um coming home and I just said to him I'm like I want to serve like as a guardian in that room like that's just that would be such an honor and I said I'd love to I'd love to be able to do that um, one day and it felt so out of reach at the time and so not like I didn't have the confidence to even put my hand up. I thought mm. I just had these massive rejection issues. Um, I was unable to receive anything at the time. Like, and it just... Because ne- all this gets sprung up to the surface oh during goodness. the course of it's the It's like uh, the best way I can describe it is like you're, you're like a player on a football field and like the floodlights come on and it shows like the the good, the bad, the ugly, like it shows you can't like, and you're like nude. So you're like, you're like <laughs> nude on the football field and the floodlights come on. And then like, and then there's like this extra spotlight and it's just popped on you. And it's like, there's no hiding. Like there's no, and everyone's got binoculars. Like it's like, <laughs> like, like I don't even know where we can go from that. And there's like 80 cameras, like with zoom and like fast action replays and all of that. Like there's just no hiding from anything. And with and that's the thing. It, it highlights our strengths and it highlights the the brilliance in us. And it also highlights everything that's not working for us as well. So once yeah. you've seen it, like it's like you can't unsee that. You can't you like you, there's no off switch for those floodlights. Um, and it makes you look at your whole life in such a different light that you can't. Well, for me, there was no there was no going back after that. Yeah. And it's not, it wasn't, it hasn't been easy, um, but it's been true and it's been effortless in some respects. So where I am now to what, and to who I was and where I was last year is like polar, like poles apart. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's your, like everyone you probably coach your people through this, but everyone says you need to have a strong why for what you're doing. So what would be your why around wanting to coach women and um, empower women? I just believe that when we're able to fully show up in this world, like that's when magic happens. And I think we've all got such unique gifts and talents and hearts and to see women being of true service in the world in whatever way that they you know that resonates with them it's just like it's a game changer for me mm. um and just yeah just to see someone show up as the fullest expression of themselves has such an impact on everyone around them and it gives other people permission and inspiration to do that for themselves as well so it's just like this massive ripple effect so if i can change one person's not life, I don't think it's in that way. If I can encourage one person to step up and to step in as the fullest expression of them, whoever that may be, that like that is going to ripple through generations to come. Yeah. And that just gets me every time. Yeah. Like that just, yeah. I, I Sounds feel like, really fulfilling. Yeah, I feel so fulfilled in that. And I um, even get quite emotional about it because I'm so... Um, Passionate. Yeah, so passionate. So, so passionate. <laughs> I did have another question here. So for people out there that, um, well, a few of the conversations I've been having lately with people is that they're in a job that maybe they've started after school and it's led them into this career, but that's not necessarily fulfilling. And um, they don't really know what they want to do with their life. So how would you advise someone around finding what their passion or their purpose really is? Mm. Um, so I, um, when I'm like, when I'm working with my clients and even when I'm looking at this for myself is I always look at values first. So what are my values? What are my core values? What's, what are my priorities? What is, what is really important to me and what's, um, what's there in my heart? 
And I think these change over our lifetime. So what was right for us five years ago might not feel right for us now. It might not resonate for us now. You know, if we were traveling and we were forming lots of new relationships and really opening ourselves up to new experiences previously, we might get to that point where, you know, actually I really want to root down and I really want to ground down in one area and I particularly just want to like narrow my focus down to one thing um so you know what works for us at different times isn't necessarily going to work for us forever and I think there's so much pressure on people to find their like purpose like find their oh like find your purpose and like you'll be set for life and it's like find your you know passion and you'll be set for life and what I've really learned is that the vehicle in which I use to express that is going to look different in different stages of my life. But ultimately, if I keep aligning with my, like what my heart's asking of me, then like I can never go wrong. And yeah. how that manifests or how that looks from the outside, like as far as like a societal reality, then, you know, take it as you home. It might look like being a receptionist at a doctor's surgery. I've done that before. That was my first job. It might look like, uh, being an interior designer or being a pro athlete or being a life coach or being, you know, whatever it is, whatever you want to label it as. But if you're coming from like your fullest expression, like you can, you can step up into any sort of area and really bring your true self into that. If you're aware of who that is in the first place. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Like if you had a client that maybe you're trying to help them, figure out what their core values are but they've had a lot of say influences from society or the culture or their friends or family that sort of you can see that um what the values that have sort of been pushed on them or handed down to them aren't really their true values how would you help sort of guide them around seeing seeing that i like to start with um just a visualization exercise. So just to go into um, just a short meditation with them. So I sit down and um, I can, I either do this in group settings when I do my group workshops and um, strategy sessions or in my one-to-one clients as well. I like to do this too. Um, but I, I literally get them to close down their eyes and I walk them through a typical Tuesday and or any day that resonates. I like Tuesdays, I don't know why. Um, and we start at, you know, like, what their day like what their what their dream day looks like and then we break that down into words um that like came up for them so maybe it's that they're surrounded by beautiful things or that they're um catching up with family and friends or they're entertaining or they're out in nature or you know whatever it is for them and then we look at well what came up in that story and then i identify the feelings that they're wanting from that and maybe it's connection maybe it's loyalty or nature or well-being so what have they prioritized in their visualization and then looking that as how we can draw the values out of that and often when we're given the permission to to dream a little and we're given the space to do that we can get away from what everyone else thinks they should write down on the list yeah so if i asked you to pick out five words from a 20 like you know a list of 20 or 40 and you'd be like oh well like of course it's loyalty and of course it's family and of course it's health and well-being and you know of course it's this but it's like well actually when we when we just come back into ourselves and we really drop in then what's there for us and what's that truth so i sort of navigated in a bit of a different way Um, and then and then we look at I, I like to look at, well, what's in your life right now that's aligned with that? What's missing? And what do we, and what's in your life at the moment that's not aligned with that? And, you know, what do we need to scrap? Yeah. Um, for us personally, it was the cafe. The cafe didn't align with our values. And we were driving home one Sunday um, and it just like hit us so hard. And we're like, it's, it, this doesn't align with anything. And one of the questions we asked ourselves was, if this gave us our dream income, if it gave us everything that we could hope for, the time off that we wanted, all of that, would we still want to be doing this work? And the answer was no. And it was like, oh, 
but you know we can't do that like we had business partners you know we couldn't sell like the business wasn't ready to sell we felt like it was going to be a lot more um, of a profitable sale in you know 18 months to two years time da 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 like we went through all of like the the ego came up strongly and was like you can't do that like that's not okay and I think from that moment we sort of had that realization and verbalized it to each other and said actually it's time to sell we rang our business partners that night and said look this has just come up for us like we need to sell like we need out this doesn't align for us anymore and they were so supportive um, which was incredible um, in that but within two weeks of that day within two weeks it was sold and it wasn't on the market and it was sold yeah and it's like all we had to do was get out of our own way Mm. have that realization create the space and it was done like the universe took care of that for us so it's just a big a big thing that i feel would really benefit a lot of people is actually creating space in their lives to look at these things yeah so whether that's attending and actually taking the time to define their values because um i know that's something i didn't sit down and do till like I think it was February this year was the first time I'd ever sat down and thought, what are my actual values? Yeah. And you ask someone, like I ask a lot of people, like, you don't ask me, like, what are your values? Or, do you know your values? And like, yeah, of course I do. I'm like, cool, what are they? It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you know them and they're like, like, and I, I like to write, I love writing things down. So I like pop them on my vision board or pop them on like in a spot that I'll see them, whether it's on my like, you know, computer, like just blue tack something on. But when you're aware of them, man, it makes it so easy to make decisions from that point. Yeah. Um, and that's for us is when we got really clear on our values and we got really clear on, you know, what is our vision for our life? What do we want for our boys? What do we want for ourselves? What do we want? Like, what do we want this life to look like? I believe that we're really powerful creators. So, you know, and what aligns with that and what doesn't, it just became so, so like, blaringly glaringly i don't know what it is obvious that the cafe wasn't there for us like that wasn't meant for us and oh man that was hard and we had so many customers being like oh like why are you selling and we're like and oh and what are you doing next i'm like we don't fucking know like (laughs) i like i don't like we had nothing to and probably still don't in a way i know that i'm stepping into my coaching full time but you know there's i don't have a physical office or like a it's not it's pretty hard to tell people we're just following our intuition like we're just following what we've been told like and it's like it's not good enough for society to sometimes to say that so giving people the strength and the encouragement to do that for themselves is like that's definitely my jam yeah and following your intuition like what what do you is that what do you mean by that is that like an internal intelligence or yeah i think for me it's that i've got a really um i've got a really strong faith so whether you want to call that god or the universe or source energy or gaia or whatever you whatever resonates for you um i refer to um that energy or power as all of those um for me, it's having that relationship with yourself and, again, like creating space in your life to have that relationship where it just becomes so like so evidently clear. So um, I like have a morning routine that I go through every morning and when I'm not doing that and I've put my hand up, like there's so many like periods in my life where I'm like, oh, fuck, like haven't, you know, haven't, when was the last yeah. time I like meditated or set an intention or done any of the things that like, you know, as a life coach, I should be doing like, <laughs> yeah. religiously. And I'm like telling my, you know, clients to do, but, um, when I'm like tuned in with that and when I'm really like focused and intentional about that time, it just like, it just changes everything for me. So I think, everyone's individual and for me i find it through meditation i find it through having a cup of tea i really love having a cup of tea (laughs) i see that as like a full spiritual practice um i love going for walks in nature that like definitely tunes me in um i like yeah set my intention every day so i just choose out one word and it the word always comes to me um so even if that sounds a little bit woo for other people like well what do you mean it comes to you it just 
it's just like a knowing and um, yeah the more that I tune in to that and the more that I allow time and space um, for that then it just becomes clearer and clearer it just becomes to the point where it's even if you decide against it like you know you sort of know what you're doing that you know what you're up to yeah so whether it's like a relationship in your life that's no longer serving you or that is serving you um you know making decisions around that or whether it's you know a job or that type of thing but so often we can get into that state of overwhelm or frustration or being like my life's shit like i need to change everything and often we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. we just need to like come back to ourselves take a weekend yeah. off take a week off take a night off don't watch netflix that night just tune in with yourself and see what's there yeah so listening to that sort of inner voice yeah and everyone finds it through different things some probably people find it through like running or exercise or some people find it through um, prayer and you know meditation um, and whatever it is for you I think we we're all aware maybe we pretend that we're not but we're all aware of what that thing is for us Um, I know for Dave it's like going into the ocean that's just like his total connection and zen place and bliss Mm. and for me it's probably more nature like nature like trees and dirt nature yeah the hinterland the hinterland (laughs) (laughs) if you know preston you know about the hinterlands um yeah and it is it's that so even just gardening like literally mowing the lawn sometimes like just to like do that like just to get out of my own own way and my own shit so other than um meditation and having a cup of tea do you have any other spiritual practices because um just for me recently, uh, one thing that I've felt has made a difference in my life is just uh, thinking of eating as a legitimate spiritual practice mm. and um, been starting to say my karakia before each meal and and just really thinking about um, where the food's come from, the process it's taken to get it oh, on your plate so beautiful. <laughs> and, and things like that. So um, I was sort of saying that to give you a bit more time, but do you, do you have any other sort of spiritual practices Oh, I really love that. I love cooking um, for me. Like that's like going to the markets and creating a meal and having the time to cook is like beautiful. And I always love like... And when you know where your food's come from, like the farm and the farmer. It's just so nice. And when you get a beautiful fresh ingredient, um, it's so, so lovely. Uh, And like so much, like dancing, like beautiful, like just fun dancing and sensual dancing. Um, I pull cards, so I've got like uh, just a card deck that I um, regularly go back to. Um, I pull like a card for myself or multiple cards, depending on what, again, what feels right. Um, Moving my body feels really good at times, just to get back in tune. Um, I feel like anything and everything for me can be spiritual if the intention for that is there, if that makes sense. But yeah, for me... Cups of tea, these are like my top five. Cups of tea, pulling a card, setting an intention, meditation, and just, um, and journaling gives me the shit sometimes. I feel like I'd be better off like voice recording than journaling mm. because sometimes I don't feel like I can write quickly enough as it's coming through, yeah. like as what, so maybe I should, and I think I'm pretty sure sure i've heard someone else say that just like voice noted instead of like trying to write it because yeah writing gives me the shit sometimes it's not <laughs> so that's not very spiritual if it's giving you well, the... um would you i heard a definition definition for spirit before but how would you how would you define spirit before i try to oh. explain it oh yeah no i need your explanation on this one um spirit for me is a subtle nudge and a knowing Mm. and something that words could never explain but i'm sure your words are going to justify it (laughs) Uh, words can never explain in the sense of it's like it's that feeling like you just know like when like spirits upon you like you know and i think do you know what that's what connected us like the most i think we came out of one of the exercises and i 
didn't I don't think I'd actually like yeah, it was the pedal, talked with you. The pedal pop exercise, yeah. There you go. Yeah, let's call it the pedal pop. Yeah, we ate ice creams together. Um, that's what we do at these workshops. We just eat, sit around eating ice creams and dancing. Um, but I had a full intuitive hit, um, and I got a message for you. And I I don't feel like I'm very psychic or medium like qualities or whatever. Um, but when I get an intuitive hit, I have learnt from past experiences that it's best just to share it. Mm. Um, but also always with the permission of the person that I'm there to share it with. So I think I asked you if it's okay. I've like got something for you. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's was probably was like, oh well, like we're buddies for life now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm watching if this is true or not. But um, yeah, in that exercise, I just got like a full intuitive hit. And I don't think I'd actually spoken to you like intimately before that. Yeah. Um, but it just came through so strongly. And I think that's spirit. Like yeah. that is spirit. When it's like that wasn't, me, that wasn't me that had that message for you. That was like something else. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. I love that. <laughs> it just makes me feel weirder at times. And people are like, oh, here she goes. <laughs> the, one, the one I heard, anyway, the explanation that's really resonating with me is that if you had like think of a puzzle like a completed puzzle and it's massive like the size of the wall and if there was one piece missing in the puzzle like where would you look and where would your eyes be drawn to like the missing piece yeah yeah and that That's missing such a cool way of looking at it and that piece is like each of us is a piece of the puzzle and we all fit into the greater whole and without us there, then it's like there's something missing. Oh, I love that explanation. <laughs> that's like, that's going to be my answer from now on. <laughs> that's from um, Paul Chick. Oh, like stuff intuitive hits. <laughs> 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 that's like, that is beautiful. Without all of us there, there is no missing piece. Yeah. It's and like, it's like we're all connected in the oh, greater whole. Yeah, no, that's nice. Um, all yeah. right. So... You said the, before the cafe business, can you walk us through what other sort of business ventures you've been on? Yeah, so um, we've been self-employed for 12 years now. So I'm 32, um, so since we were 20. Um, we've had, I've had a stationery business, a fashion boutique, the cafe, a construction company. Um, that's all. We've still got the construction company, but that's sort of just sitting idle in the background um, pretty, and that's more that's Dave's baby more yeah. than mine. Um, we've owned 13 different properties up until this point in our life. Um, love flipping a property. Um, I can use most power tools. <laughs> uh, and you should go on the block. Yeah, yeah, that would actually yeah, that makes more sense than <laughs> anything else. Um, and that would make for some really great TV. <laughs> Me crying and Dave, and Dave being like, you're not doing it right. Like, like, and I'll be like, I'm not your apprentice. Um, so Dave's a builder by trade. Um, so he start, like trained as a carpenter um, and then became a builder after that. He's also a building certifier. Um, so the construction business was our main gig for many years. Um, and that's actually what drove us. That's probably what ultimately drove me to self-development in a deeper way um but we just got to burnout well dave was at serious burnout so uh, four years ago four and a half years ago he was at the worst that he has ever been and um he was suicidal had severe anxiety severe depression um was in a pretty terrible way um, from the outside looking in, our life looked like white picket fence, successful builder. I owned a fashion boutique. We had two beautiful boys, new cars. We owned multiple properties. We looked like, mm. you know, a country town version You're of the Joneses. The, we ticked all the, right boxes. all the boxes and we ticked them well. Um, and we were a crumbling mess on the inside. Um, so... We got to the point where, yeah, Dave was, we'd been to Bali. So this is August 2015. We went to Bali for a week, just Dave and I. 
um, I hit my head on a bunch of bananas over there and bananas are my thing. I've got a picture of bananas just behind us while we're recording here um, that a friend drew um, for me um, and hit my head on a bunch of bananas and I had this idea to open up a cafe and at the time we were living in a small country town two hours north. Um, we had a construction business, I had an online boutique at that stage and um, we just bought like my dream home basically. So we were on a couple of acres and it was by no means a dream home, but it was my dream home. Um, and I just felt like I'd finally found, you know, find my, I just, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm home. This is it. Like day will get better and we'll work that shit out and all the rest. And, you know, God or slash the universe had a different plan for us. And um, we got back on the Monday, pretty much slept the Monday. Dave was the worst he's ever been on the Tuesday. Um, I really thought that I'd lose him that day, um, which is just like, it doesn't even feel like that was real life now. Like looking back on it, it just doesn't, I, I don't, um, I can't quite comprehend how tough that was at the time um, and our brother-in-law rang him or Dave rang our brother-in-law the next day on the Wednesday and just said and he was building the hospital down here on the Sunshine Coast at the time and um, Dave rang him for some reason I don't think I even knew that he was calling and said is there any jobs going on the coast and um, or maybe Scotty rang and said, oh, you know, are you up for some work? And at this time we had like multiple projects in our construction company. We had the most amazing crew of guys working for us. Um, we had our own projects on the go as well. We were building a new house just to flip. Um, and I think we had another one that we were renovating or subdividing a block of land on. Um, and the Dave ended up in a conversation with the like foreman on site and the guy just said, um, look, I've got a job for you down here, um, but if you want it, you've got to start 6 a.m. Friday. So this is on the Wednesday. So we moved to the Sunshine Coast on the Thursday and Dave started that job on the Friday. And I kept driving back between here and Mirraburra and finished off all our projects with our amazing team. And we sat them down and just told them what was going on. And, you know, they knew, but yeah. they weren't ever... They didn't probably feel like they were in a position to be like, hey, like, is Dave okay? Um, and they stayed on with us and, yeah, just were so, so kind to us and finished off all of our projects, uh, which took us to the end of the year. And in the meantime... Do you think, just to cut in, do you think with um, a lot of the awareness around men's health, especially mental health, um, that, you know, that was four years ago, do you think now that it's, there's more awareness around it that, if it happened again, there would be those conversations started to have, uh, to be had, but that they would reach out and ask if he was okay, or do you think it would be more of the same? I'd hope so for other men's sake, and I think it's still such a hard conversation to have because no one, no one around us, even our families and our friends, didn't know what was going on mm. because we were so tightly neatly tucked in to this beautiful little box that yeah, yeah no one had a clue how it really well how how bad it was mm. um and i felt like i was betraying i remember talking to a few friends about it and they're like i just don't get it like um he always seemed so happy or he didn't seem like that the other day it was sort of like and i didn't want to um betray him like I didn't want to say how bad it was because yeah. I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to make him look bad. Yeah. You know, I wanted him to have his shit together so much and I'd do anything for that. So I sort of just kept my mouth shut and was just like, I'm just going to get our family through this. And I was mm. just like the captain of the ship. I remember him coming home and just going straight to bed and me having to like like physically get him out of bed the next morning and like be like the guys are here like you've got to start work like that you know all the all our crew would be waiting for us out in the driveway at the sheds and just no one like no one had a clue you know um and i've talked to like some of our like inner circle about it and 
like since and they're like we just didn't have a clue what was going on and so often with mental health we hide it and it's yeah. it needs to stop it's a and mask that a lot of people wear really easily yeah and do you know what i like enabled it like yeah. i can totally put my hand up and say i enabled that because i was just wanted to fix it like yeah. i just wanted him to get better and i didn't know what to do so and i didn't know where to look for help either as the person that wasn't like i wasn't unwell dave was unwell but i i didn't know what to do yeah. um but you done the best you could at the time i did the and... best i could at the time and you know i feel really grateful that dave's still with us today yeah. and i think that's like it's it's in, yeah it's incredible i don't know how we got through that but we did and for a lot of people I see, they don't. And that doesn't, um, it doesn't sit lightly with me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we ended up down the coast and then I decided to open a cafe and then Dave didn't really have a choice in coming <laughs> along for that ride because I'm a bit of a hurricane or at least I was back then. I'm a lot more subdued now. <laughs> well, it all worked out perfectly. Um, yeah, perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Yeah. So when you're going through all these stages, did you seek out like mentors or coaches? Yeah, so we were always really ambitious. And I think that, so Dave and I have been together for 14 years. We've been married for 11, um, had our first house at 17. Um, we And we've obviously been self-employed since we were 20. Um, so we always sort of just were highly ambitious, um, which obviously got us into a bit of trouble later on down the track. But uh, we had our first mentor, like a business coach. And I remember paying him, I don't know how we afforded it at the time because we were like 22 or 23, but um, we were paying him like $1,200 a session. Um, and he's like hypnotized us. I remember like one of the <laughs> sessions and I'm pretty sure like we were just hypnotized for the whole session. And then he's like, yep, right. Like <laughs> done. Like <laughs> we'll catch up next time. Um, so we sort of always, um, like seeked help, um, with building our businesses and everything like that. Um, at the start when we weren't like into, I suppose, the self-development side of it or strongly into the self-development side of it. It was always with our accountant and um, family friends that were mentors. Um, my parents have always been in business. I've always like seeked my dad's guidance and support with um, different things like that. Um, but that was Urbane spilling his water. Um, <laughs> and the, so we've always been interested in like getting help and getting support and like learning yeah. and growing as people and as business people and all the rest but i think that um we've just totally swung it back to it's actually developing ourselves and then our businesses thrive from that point point. Yeah. and before that we were trying to develop our business but we didn't have the maturity to actually show up so our businesses were growing and this is where dave like his he probably really got sick as we piled up our plates so high but we had the appetite of a small child. Yeah. So it was like we couldn't actually manage or we didn't have the maturity or the emotional intelligence or the communication skills to actually deal with what we'd put on our plate. Um, mm. So, so that sort of leads... The next question I had was like, how, what's the importance of investing in yourself? And it's all these sort of skills that don't really get taught at school and, and things like that. Yeah, totally. So I think for me, like... Um, in hindsight, and I've definitely got no regrets in life at all, um, but in hindsight, um, I just see the absolute importance in working on yourself as a person, um, mm. in your strengths, in you know your diminishes, whatever it is, um, and just really knowing yourself. And then from that place, you're able to offer whatever project you're working on or whether whatever you're putting your energy into so much more. If that's a job, awesome. Like if that's motherhood, beautiful. If that's starting a business and, you know, you feel that's right for you, hell yeah. So not only are you going to need support for yourself as a person, but then seeking help 
once you've established yourself to go, okay, now I'm wanting specific help in my business. Like I'm, I'm ready to grow this because I've got the capacity. I'm, I've built a container for myself that's big enough to hold this. Um, But so often we can, my sister-in-law, Yasmin, she told me this this year and she's like, so often I see, she's a general manager of a bigger company in Melbourne and uh, she's like, so often I see these companies trying to build the plane in the sky. (laughs) It's like they've launched this thing, they've done this thing and then they're like, fuck, like the plane actually can't like sustain flying. So then they're like, you're scrambling and it's like build the plane like while it's on the ground and like knowing that like then like then it's ready to fly and it's just like that really that's such a good analogy yeah so it really um really hit home for me by by building the plane do you mean building a team and a structure before like even launching business even um and not even that and even before the team and the structure building the foundation like, so, you know, what are the business's values? What's its mission? Like, what's it there to do? So um, for me as a businesswoman, I'd like to, like, I love business. Um, I don't actually know if businesswoman's the right title for myself. But um, have, as a woman who's passionate about business, uh, I see how important it is now to build a strong foundation um, of what that business is actually um intentionalized to do in this world so you know what's what's the business's intention what's its mission like who's it trying to help what are they trying to help with like what's their values like for the company or the business and if we come from that space again it just gives us so much clarity around you know oh well you know this this project really aligns like it's really gonna it really aligns with our company's mission values and intention and once you've got the intention and values and and mission sort of aligned and and you know the direction where you want to go um like what where do you start when you're trying to build a team and what sort of qualities do you look for in the people that you want to build yeah with um so i like totally give myself kudos on that one and we had the same um, base team at our co- um, like at our cafe for four years so from the moment we opened and um, just having oh, there's so many things but having when you when you bring someone into your team um, knowing that like their values are aligned like aligned with your company's values is like hugely important Mm. for me um and because that dictates how they're going to show up and how they're going to represent you even if they are the person that no one ever sees is you know how they show up in their work um so whether that's integrity or um honesty or you know whatever it is um but just being really clear on what you're actually wanting like help with too because when you think about it like you could have five great plumbers, but if you're trying to build a house, like you only need one. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so making sure that um, you're really thinking about, well, what, what does this actually need? And does it need a leader right now? Or does it mm. actually, we've got, you know, we've got enough leaders in, in the room and we've got a really good leader in the room. So we're actually needing people that can actually implement this vision and implement this thing. So. I think cultural fit and making sure that um, they're a person that really aligns with your company's values is very important if you ever brought in people. Um, but also making sure that they've got a really clear reason of why they're there and what they're there to do. Yeah, so bring it back to their why as well. Because that's what's in, in the fucking ego. Yeah. Like it's like, oh wow, look, I've got a team of 20. It's like awesome. Like, you know, you might only actually need five of those. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's it's getting really clear on what you're actually trying to, to do in this world and your vision for that. And then, you know, hiring accordingly or bringing people in accordingly. Mm. I love teams. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I've sort of, that's all the questions I've had written out and I think it's been a pretty successful conversation, but there was a couple things I wanted to end with. Um, Go for it. The first one is, what's your spirit animal or oh. animals? Oh my! Well, my spirit, my spirit thing is bunches of bananas. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I see them everywhere. 
even on the weekend, I fronted up. I was just feeling so good. And I was just telling Megan, one of the other guardians or coaches or whatever you want to call us, um, I was like, oh, I'm just like such a powerful creator. And I was talking about manifestation. And I looked down and one of the guys is wearing banana socks. Like he's got, <laughs> and not only was he wearing banana socks, but his pant leg had been sort of like tucked up into it and it wasn't sitting right and if it wasn't if it was down sitting right I wouldn't have noticed the banana socks and I was like and there it is like (laughs) done Um, but I see them everywhere I hit my head on them one of my clients was um on her way to a session with me one day and she tripped over a bunch of bananas on her front porch and she's like, what the fuck? Like, your thing's, like, your thing's following so me. Like, and I was like, this is awesome. I've been, like, I've had people bring me bunches of bananas that don't know me and don't know that bananas are my thing. And, like, I don't know why I'm bringing you this, but here's a bunch of bananas. I'm like, cool, awesome. Like, well, there's a story. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty lovely that way. Um, spirit animal. Oh, I'd have to be, like, something, like, a little bit unco and weird. Um, not a meerkat, but something similar to a meerkat, like an antelope. An antelope. I don't know. I'm a little bit like. Fair enough. Maybe it'll come to you. I'm very excitable. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one was, um, what would you like? What's your message? What would be your one message for the world, or something that you would write on a billboard? Say it was down like the Bruce Highway. Just like so lame, but like you are enough, like just as mm. you are, just as you are. Um, one of Dave's uh, mentors um, said to him a, a few months ago, um, "Realize that your completion's happening," and I think that's so beautiful, um, in the sense that like when we're complete, just as we are, and it keeps evolving. Yeah. Like so, where completion's happening. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, and if we just start looking at ourselves through love, I think more and more people will wake up to that. Beautiful. Yeah. It's such a lovely note to finish this podcast on. Oh, it's lovely. So thanks for doing this. And I'm sure we'll be able to come and shoot the shit again yeah. sooner or later. I think Davey will come on for for episode. Yeah. <laughs> Bundaloo too. <laughs> <laughs> Bundaloo the second. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking Beautiful. Forward to thanks, Irvine. Thank you. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and got some value out of it. If you did, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what parts really resonated with you. If you'd like to connect with Emily further, it's Emily Bundaloo on Instagram and Facebook or emilybundaloo.com. I know she's given a ton of value to her current clients and if a woman's empowerment coach is something that you think you or someone you know could use, then don't be afraid to get in contact with her. Cheers for listening, everybody. Ladies.